today on CityCast Salt Lake. It's Friday, which means lead producer Emily Means is here to help me round up the news of the week in our fabulous city. It's Friday, August 12th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, Emily Means, we made it to another Friday. We did it. Yay. (laughs) Can I quickly tell you my recording setup right now? They are laying floors in the apartment above me um, and it's condo living. So here we are. But I am in a closet. I'm sitting on the floor in a crazy creek. You know, those chairs that are like, they're like foldable. It's like an alligator mouth and you kind of sit in it and you can rock. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) They're for Red Butte concerts. So I'm sitting in a crazy creek. I have patio furniture that my laptop is balancing on. And then I've got this mic stand kind of MacGyvered and it's being sandbagged by my purse. (laughs) Well, aren't we just the scrappiest group of podcasters here? (laughs) We are. We are all hustle no bustle. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is some real DIY action, which is great timing. Right. Because the Craft Lake City DIY Festival is this weekend. <laughs> Are we punk rock? <laughs> I'm going to be selling this extremely punk podcasting setup at Craft Lake City. So come on down. Bring your dog. How about some news? Let's start with things that we'd like to discuss as quickly as possible because they're uh, frustrating. Let's just let's just uh, blow through this one. So we saw Salt Lake County Council member Dave Albert tweet at Vice President Kamala Harris that fetuses aren't part of a pregnant person's body because the umbilical cord and placenta don't connect directly to them is what he said. And man, he got I think, as the kids say, ratioed over yes. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as uh, producer Diane Majapinto says, skewered. Skewered, <laughs> skewered. Yeah. So Vice President Harris had said that women should be able to make decisions about their own bodies and the government shouldn't interfere. Um, I think it was kind of funny because in her tweet, she didn't mention abortion, but like it's obviously about abortion rights. Mm-hmm. And council member Alvord said the baby floats inside the woman. Yeah. That was yeah. That was weird. Yeah. And and specifically said the umbilical cord. Like I guess I'm just curious where council member Dave Alvord thinks the umbilical cord goes. Like what does he think? Where does he think it connects? Like but again, the the point here is like this is another one that I would file under weird, maybe even laughable until you're like, oh, yeah, this is how decisions are made about our bodies, about our autonomy. Like this. These are people that are making decisions that impact our lives in very real and sometimes dangerous ways. Um, and so it's like you're laughing and you're crying at this. It's the laughing, crying, throwing up of Twitter sort of <laughs> feeling. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I saw um, outgoing Planned Parenthood CEO Carrie Galloway say this is exactly why we need sex education in schools. And I think that's pretty apt. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And honestly, um Councilmember Alvord's comments remind me of 
Representative Carrie Ann Lisenby saying that she trusts women to control their intake of semen. Like it's that yeah. same level of ignorance, I mm-hmm. guess, like mm-hmm. dangerous ignorance. Um, and it, it is one of those situations where you're like, this is laughable. And I'm also very upset by this <laughs> because you're making decisions, um, decisions for us, about us, without us. Yep. And the reason that we all know that you even said this or thought this is because you're in a position of power. So it's like, okay, how many people across this valley might also think that too? Maybe read that tweet and we're like, I don't see a problem here. Yeah. And so again, education matters uh, and science is science. I did appreciate the trib, the caption the trip had a caption to their Instagram post about this story that said, that is not true according to medical science, which is one of those things that like seems like a subtweet, like it seems shady. And it's like, I don't think the trip was trying to be shady. I think they were just like, that's not true according to medical science. We're just fact checking here. Let me ask you a question, Emily. Would you like to be the mayor of Salt Lake City? No, thank you. No, thanks. Me either. I think it's an extremely uh, difficult job. And apparently Rocky Anderson wants to do it again. I know there are a lot of people who listen to this show that are pretty new to Salt Lake, and I think that's great. So just a quick sort of rundown on who our mayors have been. We had Rocky Anderson. He was the mayor from 2000 to 2008. He, I wouldn't say presided over the Olympics, but like he was the mayor of the city that hosted the Olympics. So kind of a big deal, super in the mix. That's probably why you've heard his name, even if you're new here or you weren't even alive during the Olympics. (laughs) After Rocky Anderson, we had Ralph Becker, 2008 to 2016. In 2016, Ralph Becker was bumped out by Jackie Biskupski, who was the mayor from 2016 to 2020. She did one term and she said, that's enough. We're done here. I'm going to go spend time with my family. And then Aaron Mendenhall became the mayor and she is still our mayor. So last week, Rocky Anderson announced that he's going to pursue a mayoral run again. So we're talking about 22, by next year, it'll be 23 years after his first election, he would like to run for mayor again. He is currently 70 years old. And the reaction, I think, to this announcement, to be clear, like he hasn't filed yet. This isn't official I mean, we're more than a year out from that election. Right. We're more than a year out. He says he's serious. He could just be trying to kind of like breathe down the neck of the current administration on the issue of homelessness. It seems like that's what he wants to run on. Um, But the announcement certainly raised eyebrows in Salt Lake. The Tribune had a great story about his announcement and some some very quotable moments. Um, Like you said, Allie, this is really centered around the city's response to homelessness. Um, But what Rocky said is we need, this is a quote, we need to identify the reasons for a person being homeless, then give them a choice. You go to where there's shelter or you go to jail. Um, So that's a pretty big statement, uh, but I just want to give my prediction. Next year's election will absolutely be a referendum on how people perceive the city's response to homelessness. Yeah, I think Um, you're right. We're going to see people like Rocky Anderson or others jumping in to the race saying that Mayor Mendenhall has not done enough to keep the city safe. Um, And then on the other hand, we'll have people who 
criticize the camp abatements that the city and county health department partner on, as well as the city's moratorium on new shelters. So we've got like those two ends of the spectrum there. And then we'll have Mayor Mendenhall saying, you know, Salt Lake has shouldered the burden of homelessness in this state more than their fair share. And we're doing the best we can. So that's how I think this election will play out. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I have already heard some people refer to Rocky as local Joe Biden, which... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, like, there are definitely some parallels, right? Like, he's coming back. He's older. Like, I mean, when you think about a change candidate, like, I don't think that Rocky Anderson is who you picture. If he's serious about getting in this race, yeah, it will be interesting to see what kind of coalition he builds because you pointed out like there are people on very different sides of the homelessness issue that have been very critical of Mayor Mendenhall. Will they somehow unite around someone just because they're completely different? Could be kind of strange to watch go down, but we'll certainly be here for it. I mean, that's us just sitting on the floor of my closet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be sitting in this crazy creek. Okay, so I guess the only other thing to say about this that I think is sort of like made me chuckle this week is that he was mayor so long ago that he didn't really make even our rundown of of recent mayors. So in the 70s, Mayor Ted Wilson was the mayor of Salt Lake City. And he is, I would say, like probably one of our most well-liked recent mayors. Like Ted's still very around. People really appreciate him. Um, His daughter, Jenny Wilson, is the current county mayor. And he wrote an op-ed in the Salt Lake Tribune and was like, absolutely not. And I want to read you the final sentence in his op-ed because I think it's kind of funny. And it also sets up the level of chaos that we're in for with this mayoral race, which is, quote, on second thought, maybe I will join the race for Salt Lake City mayor. I will split the vote with Anderson, which will assure Mendenhall's victory. Oh, boy. So there it is. That's what we're in for. Wow. We're in for a wild ride. Yep. And I think he's, of course, being sardonic, but like someone out there is probably going to do the exact same thing. So. Listen, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like the the, the resurgence of Jim DeBacchus. <laughs> like it, it could be that chaotic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For- Former Senator Jim DeBacchus. Yeah, he's on a plane right now back from Mexico on his way to run for mayor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Allie, what should we round this thing out with? Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's Hot Cross Buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. I think there are two things that I would categorize under good news this week. Comparatively, good news. Um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that they're both exciting news, but they're good news. One, Salt Lake City has launched this like local solar program. Um, speaking of Mayor Mendenhall, we know that she is an environmentalist. That's what she ran on. She used to be the executive director of Heal Utah. Like this is her thing. Um, they're looking for 50 residents to sign up. And what the city's basically doing is they're like, hey, we're going to buy solar panels and like solar credits in bulk and then resell them to residents of the city. So this is an effort to get solar on people's roofs for cheaper. Um, so they want 50 people to sign up by early September in order to qualify for this program. The panels need to be on your roof by the end of the year. Um, and this is part of their goal to have Salt Lake City. They want to see the whole city. This is like one of the city's goals at 100% renewable energy by 2030, which, I mean, hard to argue with that. Seems like a great idea. So I guess like PSA, if you are a homeowner, first of all, good for you. <laughs> and if you would like to see solar panels on your roof, you can go to Salt Lake City Solar. You can just Google it and you can sign up for a free consultation and be a part of this program and see if it buffs out for you. Could be cool. I love news you can use, Allie. Thanks for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Okay. The last bit of goodish news, I guess it depends on who you ask, um, but surely there are a lot of uh, outdoorsy folk who listen to this podcast. I'll be honest, that is not me. That is not oh, me, not Allie. You. Nope, it's not me. I'm an indoor You're not girl. not a camping gal. No, um, but visitation to Arches National Park dropped 25% this summer compared to last. That's really big. I think that's huge, especially because we saw like national park visitation just shoot up during the pandemic because people were like, I got to get out of this house. Where can we go? Oh, okay, we can go hiking. We can like hit the trails. Um, but I, you know, you know, I used to work at the Rural Utah Project, so I've spent a lot of time in Grand County, home of Moab. And I will say, I have to wonder if the people of Moab are kind of thrilled about this because, you know, when you're driving into Moab and like you hit traffic, basically like in Price or Green River, you start to hit traffic for arches. That park is full by like 8 a.m. The road is fully backed up with cars. Like it is just increasingly chaotic. And it's tough when you're a city like Moab because it's like, do we want to expand the road? Do we want a super, I mean, the road to Arches goes right through downtown. What is that, 191? And so it's like, we, they're just bursting at the seams, basically. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, the city decided to stop tourism advertising. Like they're no longer investing in advertising tourism. Um, and that's because, again, they are burst, bursting at the seams. And um, also like Airbnbs, et cetera, are just rattling their housing market. So if you're a Moabite, this is probably good news for you. Right. Well, and if you're a visitor to the park, it's probably good news for you. And if you're a park employee, it's good news for you. But like this, this didn't just happen. Um, they think it has a lot to do with this pilot reservation system that that the park has been um has has had this past summer. Um, but on the other hand, there are tourism groups who say that this park reservation system has made it hard for international visitors to plan their trips. So, um, you know, some good and bad impacts to tourism. But, you know, like I said, I'm not really an outdoors girl. So I'm just kind of watching from afar. I think what is interesting is that 
this really gets at, I think, the heart of outdoorism in a place like Utah and in the West. And I think these are conversations we're going to be having a lot in the next like 10 years as the city grows and as visitorship to, you know, the crown jewels of our state, our national parks, our monuments, like our hiking spots, our favorite campsites, the the bouldering that we like to boulder um, is how guarded should we be about our natural landscapes? Like on the one hand, the human footprint, human traffic in these beautiful, wondrous places is really, really intense. Um, and then on the other hand, like we know that gatekeeping our favorite spots is, you know, often racist. It keeps a lot of people, very specifically not white people, not wealthy people out of outdoor spaces. And so like um, I think we're going to be walking that line for a long time in this city and in the West. And I don't think this conversation about whether or not less visitorship to national parks is a good thing is going anywhere. What What's your favorite national park in the state, Allie? I I. I'm scared to say it because it's the because most popular national go. park. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to say it because I feel like it's like a cheesy answer because you should not say the most popular national park in the country, but it's Zion. That you place like is you cool like. as hell. Yeah. And um, of course, the water levels have been really low these past few years, but you can float the Virgin River like through Zion and through like the town of Springdale. And that is such a fun little float. And that park is beautiful. And you don't even need to go in the park to experience the beauty. Like you can kind of hike around it and still get some great views. But man, you go down there, ride some horses. That's a great weekend. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah, you're indoorsy, but you have to have a favorite national park. Well, Emily. okay, I've only been to two. I've been to Arches and I've been to Zion. Allie's eyes just bugged out of her brain. Um, <laughs> I did really love Zion. It was, it was, I was in awe. I guess that's the most you can ask for for from someone who doesn't like to go outside. I do like to go outside, but I prefer like urban hiking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you like the Bonneville Shoreline Trail. Yeah. And I, I just hate camping. I hate camping. I'm That's sorry. That's completely fine. Is that okay? Um, okay. Speaking of hikes, quick plug. So this week on Wednesday, our show was uh, about Shireen Gorbani's quest for the best breakfast burrito in this city. It was so much fun. Um, so many people called in. There is a continuing discourse about breakfast burritos happening on Twitter that we are tagged in <laughs> that I'm loving. Um, this Wednesday, our show is going to be about the best hikes close to Salt Lake City. So if there's a hike that you love, whether that is the BST, whether that is something a little bit more like sneaky up a canyon, whether it's a short hike, whether it's a long hike, whether you love that your dog can go or can't go, we want to hear about what your favorite local hike is. Like if you have a friend in town visiting, what hike do you take them on? So give us a call, 801-203-0137. You can leave us a voicemail. You can text that number. We just might play it on the show and we want to hear from you. And we're going to have a special guest tell us what they think the best local hike is. I love this. I'm always wondering because I just have one go-to hike and and that's it. And I'll just leave it at that. 
Okay. It's not I that I kind of want to ask exciting. you, but I'll say you should call in, Emily. I'll call in. I'll call okay. in. I will participate in the conversation. Um, Allie, what are you doing this weekend? Um, so I'm actually leaving town this weekend, and I'm going up to Bozeman, Montana, and I am officiating a wedding. Wow. Yep. I am a minister with thechurchoflife.com. It is the same church that Lady Gaga is a minister within. Um, so I feel really, um, I feel like basically I'm in a celebrity church, <laughs> but like a good one. <laughs> I, you are a celebrity now, I guess. That's what happens when you get baptized into this church. Is that, is that how <laughs> it works? That's right. You're catapulted <laughs> to fame. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm officiating a wedding between, it's going to be like just the two people and me. We're going to be on a rock by a waterfall. It's going to be lovely and romantic. I'm going to try really hard not to cry and get through my little speech and get them married and crack some champagne and then come home after the weekend. What about you, Emily? That's lovely. Um, I am going to Craft Lake City to the DIY Festival at the Utah State Fair Park. Actually, uh, Therina Ria, our newsletter writer, and I are going. We want to see you. And um, yeah, I, I haven't been to the DIY Fest since it was at Gallivan, actually. So I'm really excited to go check it out. Yeah. If you see um, two people walking around the Utah State Fair Park with headphones around their necks, just know that they're not Swedish pop stars. It's Terina and Emily Means <laughs> and their radio producers. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, hard to miss us in a crowd. But I am now going to start telling people that I'm a Swedish pop star, I think. <laughs> Your name's Melchior and you just like keeping <laughs> yeah. a steady beat going around your neck. <laughs> All right, Allie. Emily Means, have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. You do the same. See you later. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria. Our host is me, Ali Bayarta. And music is by Mitochondria. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.